0: Today we're discussing page 36 of the Weird Weird West, and today we're just, we're talking about the perfect example of why I love goofy comic books, and by extension, goofy comic book role-playing games. We are following the Secret Zoomers, Extra, Troopa, Short Out, and Slime Time, in the camp of Alexander the Great, where they have gone on a mission to convince Alexander that they need him to team up with Genghis Khan and Napoleon Bonaparte to form an Earth Generals supergroup to combat the rubber lizard menace of the crows are. Every one of these three generals has a different specific and obvious thing that they're into that our heroes must use as a leverage point to schmooze the respective generals. In Alexander's case, it is poetry and culture. So last time, our heroes wrote a poem, appreciated some poems about trees, uh, conveniently provided by the poets that Alexander keeps just sort of standing around in all of his various tents to provide ambient culture, uh, and also, our heroes engaged Alexander in an hour-long, grueling philosophical conversation. At this point, Alexander is pretty impressed with these kids, but they've still only got three or four diplomacy points, so they're not finished plying him yet. Fortunately, quote, "...if the heroes impressed Alexander with their knowledge of poetry, or entered his tent without being captured and picked up any diplomacy points at all, he invites them to attend a special feast he's throwing in one hour." If the heroes fail to accomplish these goals, Alexander has them brought to the feast in irons to serve as entertainment for his soldiers. And in either case, you go to chapter 21. So one way or another, we're invited to dinner, whether because Alexander finds us cultured and delightful or because he doesn't and therefore decides to have us sort of handcuffed and carted in as captives slash centerpieces for his dinner. Either way, we're going to the feast. That is chapter 21, which begins on this page, Alexander's Feast. And you are never going to guess what happens at Alexander's Feast. Here's the box text. Quote, soon alexander's feast begins in the large tent at the center of the compound from what you have seen and heard it seems that the feast is some sort of tradition observed by alexander and his commanders before they are about to enter battle the feast is a celebration religious ceremony and strategy planning session all rolled into one event alexander and the senior commanders sit at a long table at the head of the hall flanked by alexander's poets and scholars the remaining officers sit at several smaller tables scattered about the banquet area these may be the non-poetry fans in the military I mean, I'm for poetry. I can appreciate a tree poem with the best of them, or even write one, as you heard yesterday. But when you've got poets and philosophers pontificating just in every room, on every bench, you you can reach a point of saturation and just need some time by yourself. As I mentioned yesterday, I did go to school for literature, and I do speak from personal campus experience. But if you, like Alexander's less intellectual officers, are bored of culture and poetry by now, here comes the action. The text instructs the judge, quote, Shortly after the feast begins, Alexander calls out for silence so that he may introduce to the assembled crowd the latest poet to join the ranks of his scholars. The heroes instantly recognize the poet as Mark Twain. Here's the box text. This is Mr. Twain, says Alexander. He wandered into our camp yesterday afternoon and immediately captured my heart with his stunning wit. Right now, Mr. Twain is working on a poem called The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. Tell our guests of your work. Twain begins. Huck Finn is the story of a boy, Huck, and his friend Tom, an escaped slave. Together, Huck and Tom travel down the Mississippi River in search of mischief and adventure. Perhaps later, Mr. Twain will read some of his selections. He is a fascinating man. Did anybody catch it? You are meant to have caught it. Quote, From the summary that Twain just presented, the heroes should get the idea that something is wrong. The name of the escaped slave in Huckleberry Finn is Jim, not Tom. If no players pick up on this inconsistency allow all of the modern age heroes present, not the heroes from the old west, to make good intensity reason feat rolls to see how much their characters know about Twain and his work. So, all right. If the players notice it's supposed to be Jim, not Tom, I guess they're supposed to have their heroes pipe up like, wait a minute, I happen to know that his name is Jim and not Tom. And I happen to know that it was never Tom in any revision of your work. I am, of course, a noted Twain scholar A master of Twain history and psychology, and I know that not only was Jim never called Tom at any stage in the development process of that book, but also, you didn't just misspeak. Are we on the vermin-infested hold of a steamboat owned by Horace Bixby, the pilot who mentored a young Samuel Clemens on the Mississippi River? Because I smell a rat. And if the player lacks the knowledge or the confidence to object in this way, perhaps because they've jumped to an equally plausible conclusion, which is that the author is once again wrong about something, Uh, Then their characters get to make good intensity reason feats to see if their characters at least have picked this up and realized that it's a clue. Probably what's going to happen, whether with a reason feat roll or not, is the heroes are just going to speak up like, hey, I thought that character's name was Jim. Just point it out, probably. They're not going to leap to their feet and point at Twain and say, j'accuse Mark Twain, which only makes the next part funnier. Quote, if the heroes voice their suspicions, Twain is startled. ...and begins to walk slowly out of the tent. Observing Twain's behavior, Alexander orders his soldiers to seize him for questioning. At this point, Twain suddenly becomes violent. He begins tearing down the tent and attacking those present. Mark Twain goes into a berserk rage. And if our heroes, as seems likely, jump up out of their seats to fight Mark Twain... ...to keep him from (laughs) destroying Alexander the Great's camp... ...they will find that Mark Twain is incredibly strong. He has a hard body that offers him good body armor... Which, by the way, means that the javelins and fists and swords of Alexander's men are useless against Mark Twain. He has remarkable strength and remarkable fighting ability. 100 health. Mark Twain is a fucking beast. He's going to prove immune to Slime Time's soothing slime, which could normally be used to calm someone down, right? Like, it's Mark Twain. Let's give him a chance. Benefit of the doubt. Motherfucker wrote Tom Sawyer. Tearing down one tent doesn't erase that. He deserves a second chance. The Zoomers are probably going to have to fight him for real. They're probably going to have to get violent. Alexander's troops can't do shit. You know, we're just going to leave it there. I, this is going to continue on to the next page. I could do the whole thing right now, but I just want to leave you with this tableau. I just want to leave you with this mystery. You're dining with Alexander the Great. He introduces his new favorite poet, Mark Twain. Mark Twain comes up to speak. He gets the name of one of his characters wrong. You're like, wait a minute, isn't his name Jim, not Tom? <laughs> and Mark Twain starts slowly backpedaling out of the tent. And Alexander's like, seize him! We must settle this matter of Jim versus Tom. And then Mark Twain flips the fuck out and starts tearing the tent down. Just pulls it down on everybody's heads like Samson. And you gotta fight Mark Twain, and he's a fucking monster. Conventional weapons do nothing to Mark Twain. This is a job for superheroes. The dumbest thing on this page, it's kind of a tie between the expectation that the players are gonna pick up on this name being wrong and assume... That Mark Twain has a nefarious secret, not that the author fucked up. And, uh, I mean, let's be honest, it's not a tie. This is my favorite thing, the dumbest thing. Mark Twain slowly creeping out of the tent when he's called out is just perfect. It gives this scene so much personality. I, I just love it so much. I can't wait to record the next episode, so join me next time when we uncover the terrible secret of Mark Twain on MDC, The Mega Dumbcast. This has been MDC. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big Megasode on the top-secret patrons-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Contact me however you want. I am megadumbcast on Twitter, Gmail, Podbean, your favorite podcatcher, etc., etc. This episode's theme music, used under Creative Commons license, is Western Firefight 2 by Kola, Whose work you can find at kula.com. That's C U L L A H dot com. Thanks for listening.